Craig Winson, Second Presbyterian Church. And please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. Welcome. Let us pray. Eternal God, as we come together this evening, we are humbled by the opportunities and responsibilities of stewardship that you have placed in our lives. Bless our work with collegiality. Bless us with recognition of our own limitations. Bless us with patience when we fail to understand. And give us weak eyes for things which are of no account and clear eyes for all your truth. We pray for the public servants gathered this evening. We pray for this city and community. Guide us always to labor for things beyond ourselves, to see visions and dream dreams that reflect who you have called us to be as agents of hope in this world. Amen. Amen. Ms. Graves? Here. Ms. Ms. Johnson? Here. Ms. McClellan? Here. Mr. Riddick? Here. Mr. Smigel? Here. Mr. Thomas? Here. Dr. Wibley? Here. Mr. Alexander? Here. The motion is to dispense with the reading of the minutes of our previous meeting. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smigel? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Mr. Clerk, please read the resolution certifying the closed meeting. A resolution certifying a closed meeting of the Council of the City of Norfolk held in accordance with the provisions of the Virginia Freedom of Information Act. Adopt the resolution, Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smigel? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Good evening and again welcome to the Norfolk City Council Chamber. For the benefit of those who do not regularly attend the meetings, our procedure is to first take up ceremonial items. Next, we'll take up public hearings. Then we'll go to the consent agenda, which will be voted on in a block. If any member of the council or the public wishes to discuss an item, that item will be removed from the consent agenda and considered separately. Following the consent agenda, we'll take up the regular agenda items in order as they appear on the docket. Upon the completion, of the agenda, we will then take up any new business to come before the council. To address the council, you should have registered to speak in the lobby in, outside of the chamber before 7 p.m. When your name is called, please come to the podium, state your name, and please limit your comments to three minutes. Mr. Clerk, there are no ceremonial items, and so we'll go right into PH1. Public hearing one scheduled for this day to hear comments on the application of Centera Healthcare for an amendment to the future land use designation in the general plan from single family traditional to commercial at 509 Yoder Avenue, 6012 through 6044 Benton Street, 500 through 520 Lucas Avenue, and for a change of zoning from conditional C2 and R6 to conditional C2 at 509 Yoder, 6012 through 6044 Benton Street, 500 through 520 Lucas Avenue, 812 to 820 Papa Hall Drive. 
and 6015 Poplar Hall Drive and by 4-0 vote Planning Commission recommends approval. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. There's Mr. Warren Tisdale is here to answer any questions. Are there any questions from the council? Mr. Clerk, let me proceed. I have two ordinances for this, Mr. Mayor. The first is an ordinance to amend the city's general plan so as to change the land use designation for properties located at 509 Yoder Avenue, 6012 to 6044 Benton Street, and 500 to 510 Lucas Avenue, uh, from single-family traditional to commercial, dispensed with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt Ms. Graves. Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smigel? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. And the second is an ordinance to rezone properties located at 509 Yoder Avenue, 6012 to 6044 Benton Street, 500 to 520 Lucas Avenue, and 812 and 6015 Poplar Hall Drive to conditional C2. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smigel? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Uh, Mr. Clerk, PH2 is an appeal from the Architectural Review Board regarding a certificate of appropriateness. Our procedure tonight uh, at, will go as follows. The city will present a summary of the application and the proceedings before the City Planning Commission. Next, the person noting the appeal will present the case. Several people may participate, but the entire presentation shall last no more than 15 minutes. Each member of the public who's signed up to speak on this item will then be individually called and may comment on the question of whether or not the appeal should be approved. Each speaker's comments will be limited to three minutes. Following all comments by the public, the applicant will be given an opportunity to provide rebuttal limited to three minutes. Following the rebuttal and any discussion or questions by the council, a vote will be taken as whether or not the appeal should be approved. Mr. Newcomb. Mr. Mayor, members of uh, council, we are here today to hear an appeal that was presented to the uh, Architectural Review Board by uh, PM Wiest LLC, seeking to demolish the multifamily structure that's located at 616 Graydon Avenue. This property is located in the Ghent Historic and Cultural Conservation District. That district is intended to help preserve the character and the history of that community and the buildings themselves. So if you want to tear down a <coughs> building in that community, you have to obtain a certificate of appropriateness. The uh, Architectural Review Board uh, had an application presented by the property owner. They reviewed the details that he provided, which was an appraisal of the property. It was a structural analysis of the property, and it was a presentation of uh, a contractor who indicated what was needed to bring the property into full use. They listened to the application. They reviewed the materials. Those are all provided to you in your packet. And they determined by a five to uh, one abstention, with one abstention and a five negative votes, that the building was not uh, in a position to be demolished, that in fact it was economically feasible to rehabilitate the building. Uh, the applicant then exercised his right, which is to appeal that decision, and it comes before you all today. When you look at buildings in the historic district, there are several tests that you go through. First one is the building actually uh, identified as contributing to the historic character of the Ghent District. This building certainly is. Uh, 
as you can see from the photographs, it's very atypical of the apartment buildings that are in that neighborhood. Um, if it is a contributing building, has the building uh, demolished or, or, or deteriorated to the point where it is not feasible to restore it? The uh, engineering study that was provided by the applicant indicated that the building certainly could be restored. Um, the applicant then has to pursue the argument that it's economically infeasible to do so. Um, that argument was not convincing to the board. And as I said, they voted against the application. Um, if you determine tonight uh, that it is, uh, that, that the building is beyond repair, then you should approve it. If on the other hand, you decide that the Architectural Review Board's recommendation was a sound one, then you would need to vote against this application. Are there any questions as I wrap this up? Maybe later, um, Mr. Newcomb. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Phil, Mr. Phil Wiest, or please, welcome. Hello. Not sure how to address y'all. I've never been to a council meeting before, so this will be my first time. Well, you're welcome, sir. And I do thank you for your time. The um, the engineer's report he was talking about. So Mr. Weiss, could you give us uh, your name and your address for the record, please? Yes, sir. Home address or business address? Either. Home address would be fine. Okay. Home address is 860 Woodstock Road, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Yes, sir. 23464. My name is Philip Weist, and I'm the, uh, I'm the owner of PM Weist, which actually owns 616 Graydon. When 616 Graydon was purchased, I fully expected to renovate the building. Partner, the LLC was in a partnership. It split up. At the time, I decided I was that's one property that I was going to one of the properties that I was going to sell, rather than continue forward. Upon trying to sell the building, when I purchased the building, I had a 90-day due diligence, and I had an engineer come in, which I believe the reports he has the engineer come in. My engineer told me that the building could be jacked up, and everything sh everything shimmed in place. That's what I went off of when the building was purchased. When I decided to sell the building, the same engineer firm, but a different engineer came out for the buyer, first buyer I had under contract, and told him this building needs to be torn down. Says there's no foundation under it. Now this is the same firm that told me it could be jacked up. All right, at that time I went in there and I dug underneath the building, jackhammered out a section of slab and dug underneath the building. There is no foundation under it, none. You dig under it, it's just mud. It's just that it was built without a foundation. It just comes up off a concrete wall with no footings whatsoever. So I have since tried for three, I guess three years, I've had to build it on the market. That a loss to me. The building is assessed from the city between the building and the parking area at right at $600,000. I've attempted to sell the building. At, I've had a contract at 310, I've had a contract at 330, and everybody that comes in, and put a contract on the building, once they've gotten their own engineers to look at it, same thing, they back out of the contract during their due diligence period. So I'm at a loss of what I can do with it at this point. The engineer's report he was referring to as far, I don't know if it's the one I received, the first one, I have since, at, at great cost to me, 
gone through different engineers trying to come up with a fix. And I have one in front of me right now that he recommends that it can be, the walls can be secured and kept from cracking. But he says at that point, it'll still continue to settle. It'll just settle unevenly. Well, this whole building is brick. Every time it settles, the brick veneer is going to break and fall off the building. Everything he says in his structural engineer's report is the walls won't support the roof on the first and second floor. He says the third floor, because it's on 24-inch centers, he says the third floor is enough to support the roof, but the first and second floor would have to be completely reframed. To do that, you have to tear off all the plaster work on the walls in order to get to the framing to reframe it. So I'm just, I, I'm at a loss as far as what I can do with it to save the building because everything, every engineer's report I've got has says the settlement is going to continue. I can stabilize it and cause it to settle all together to keep it from cracking any further, but it's still going to settle. And the cost, I have a, I'm a contractor myself, so I did not do, and I had another contractor come in and he put the building at $2 million just to refurbish the building with what's there and get it structurally sound. The foundation itself for him to go in, for him to go in and drill piles, which still is not going to stop it from settling, he was at 150000 just to do that part of it. Then you still have the brick veneer. The structure is gone. I mean, it's the, the brick has swelled out from the building. The parapet walls that are around the roof have broke. He recommends them getting redone. He recommends the brickwork being redone on the exterior to where it swelled. I mean, I invite anybody, I'd be more than happy to give anybody a walkthrough that wants to come and visit the building and show them what's been encountered since the day I purchased the building. Uh, if there was a fix to it, I would love to be able to fix the building and save the building. I've tried to sell it, hoping somebody else can come up with a fix. And so far, there's a contract on it right now. The guy has come back and got two extensions so far. He just asked me two days ago if he could have another three months extension, which I will gladly give him. You know, hopefully he can come up. He can come up with something to be able to fix the building. So at, at this point, I don't know what to do with it. I mean, I <laughs> I would love to repair the building. I just I don't want to lose a lot of money repairing it. I don't mind breaking even repairing it at this point I'm already into it so deep and I've already even if I sell it for what I've got the contract on I'll still lose over fifty thousand dollars on it so which I'll take the loss if it if it saves the building and allows somebody and allows somebody to do something I'll take that fifty thousand dollar loss I don't want to lose what the land value is on it but if I lose if I lose the cost of the building besides the land value I, I'm willing to eat that I mean I'd like to see somebody save the building I just do not think it can be done yeah, you know, they're asking me to do something that I just don't think can be done. And all the engineers I've referred to doesn't think it can be done. So that, that's pretty much all I can say on it. I thank you all for your time. You know, and I'll be, I think you were given the same reports I have here. If not, I'll be glad to you know, email them to you or you know, however you'd like me to do it. Thank you. Anything you would like to leave, please leave with the clerk. Excuse me. You want to leave something? With the, you said you well, these are these are my okay. original Thank copies. You. I'd have to run. I thought you all had copies because I know they were supplied I earlier. I believe that the council does we, we have do copies. Some. Okay. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome, sir. Thank you, Mr. Bad question. Yeah. Um, well, we have a question for you, sir. If you please return to the podium. Oh, sure. Mrs. Graves has a question. Well, I actually have two. The first question I have is the first engineering firm that you um, um, hired 
that told you that the property was in good condition. Did you get that report in writing? Yes, I do have an engineer's report that states that the building, when I purchased it, it's mm -hmm. in my it's in my packet. And I, I think y'all have a copy of it also, okay. that the building could be jacked up and shimmed and saved. Okay. Then I don't have the second engineer's report because that was supplied to the person that had the contract. So okay. I didn't pay for it, okay. so I didn't get a copy of the report. Okay. All right, I understand. Now, can I go to them at this point and try to get one? Probably so. Okay. Yeah, well, if they pay for it, they probably will give a copy. But I understand. Okay, that answers my question. Um, I have a question for Mr. Newcomb. What... Um, thank you, Mr. Weiss. Thank you. Can I sit? Yes, okay. you can. Thank you. On what basis does the city believe that the building can be saved? I mean, are we looking at something totally different than what he's looking at or how to how to mr weiss turned in an engineering study that you have in your packet and it quotes approximately two hundred thousand dollars to stabilize the building mm -hmm. that was information provided by him mm -hmm. and that's what the engineer study i don't know whether it's the first one the second one or the third one he's referring to it's the one he gave to us when he was asked to turn in as evidence of his need to demolish the building that's what was turned in we require you to give us an appraisal mm -hmm. the building appraised at about three hundred thousand dollars he paid according to our records he paid 275 for it in 213. Mm. Um, he is also asked to turn in a contractor's write-up on what it will take to modernize the building or to get it into usable shape that was according to the paperwork we have estimated um, somewhere in the neighborhood of a million dollars, not two, but one. Mm -hmm. And the, as I said, the other was right around one hundred ninety to two hundred thousand dollars to stabilize it. After that, you have to to bring it up to to code and to make it usable for rental purposes. There is, uh, I've had contact with the gentleman he's talking to, who has an offer on the property right now. There's a secondary offer. Uh, I believe that it's behind the first one, and that is to demolish it and to try to build townhouses on it. Uh, but the first one who's been in touch with us uh, at this point says he intends to renovate that building. So there's currently an offer on it, and what you're saying is that there is a backup offer that is looking to demolish it That's and build townhomes on it. That's what people who've contacted us. Okay. And we still don't have a written report that says that there is no foundation on the building. There's nothing that we have in writing that says that there's no foundation on the building. Uh, that's correct. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Newcomb. Thank you. <coughs> Mr. Richard Levin. Mr. Richard Levin. Good evening, Richard Levin, 610 Pembroke Avenue, Norfolk, 23507. Thank you. Um, I strongly would plead to the council this evening to support the determination that's made by the ARB uh, and stand by the city ordinance. Ghent cannot afford to lose any other or any more buildings. We really can't. We're known as historic Ghent. 
To me, it's a sin to tear down a magnificent building like this. I listened to the owner here tonight. I did not realize this building was for sale. There's no for sale signs out front. I don't know what energy has been pushed forward to see about a sale. But I have to share the $300,000 on the surface seems like one heck of a bargain. And I'll fall behind these others at the $300,000 level with a due diligence because I have to see what I'm buying. But I want to see this building saved. I want to see all the historic buildings saved. Let's not tear any more down. We don't need the blood on our hands. I, I really feel like it's blood on our hands when we make a decision to take down a building that our forefathers built and just have it ruined. And Ghent is really exciting right now. There's so many apartments coming online. There's a demand for nice apartments. These are huge apartments. These are like houses. It's like really large apartments. And they're not like apartment. So it would be easily leased. So to you, sir, to save this building, I'll make you an offer. I'll fall behind one and two. I don't need it, but I'll fall behind. I understand as a secondary offer. I'll fall behind that, and let's really get into this and investigate it because it's worth the time to investigate it. Thank you for your time this evening. Thank you, Mr. Levin. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, Greta Gustafson. Good evening. My name is Greta Gustafson, and I reside at 421 West Butte Street in Norfolk, and have lived in the Freemason Historic District almost 40 years. It's sort of scary, <laughs> but we're under the same guidelines that that Gan is. Prior to serving on the Architectural Review Board, I had the opportunity to be a part of the Historic and Architectural Preservation Committee, which um, assisted in the development of the current Chapter 9 of the Zoning Ordinance and its companion design guidelines. And my stake in these ventures was based on being an end user, so I needed to make certain that, that they were protecting our buildings and protecting our residents. I believe that they are fair and the process used by ARB is well thought out and was followed to the letter in this instance. We look at each COA request objectively and weigh supporting documentation to ensure that we are following both the ordinance and the guidelines. I believe that this was done in the case of 616 Graydon Avenue and that our decision to deny a certificate of appropriateness for demolition was appropriate. Please consider the following. 616 Graydon Avenue was determined to be a contributing structure in the Ghent Historic District. Demolition would adversely affect the continuity or character of the area. Demolition would be detrimental to the public interest and would be inconsistent with the adopted general plan of the City of Norfolk, which states in parts to utilize historic design guidelines and to appropriate appro and to promote the appropriate maintenance 
and rehabilitation of existing structures in the Ghent Historic District. Economic feasibility is not based on the current property owner's particular financial resources or particular preference of use for the structure. And most importantly, no portion of the cost associated with preservation that is related to neglect or lack of maintenance of the property by the current owner shall be considered for purposes of determining economic infeasibility. I believe that the process we followed, which ultimately led to the denial by ARB of a COA for demolition of 616 Graydon Avenue, was in accordance with Chapter 9 of the Zoning Ordinance and the Design Guidelines. I respectfully request that Council denies the appeal. Thank you. Alice Allen Grimes. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. <clears throat> My name is Alice Allen Grimes, and I live at 1322 Mallory Court. I am here on behalf of the Norfolk Preservation Alliance. Regarding the historic property at 616 Graydon Avenue, the ARB, as you have heard, in November 2016, correctly applied the city's authority under the ordinance with regard to demolition. The ARB determines the physical and economic feasibility preservation of buildings in historic districts, and by ordinance, the ARB shall consider objective information showing whether preservation of a building would generate a reasonable economic return and not the current property owner's particular financial resources or preference for use of a structure or site. If you have reviewed the materials in the packet submitted for the appeal, you have seen that the ARB clearly made the right decision. The planning department recommended to the ARB that they deny the demolition permit and stated that the ARB, while sensitive to the economic costs of renovating and restoring historic properties, cannot base their decision on the financial impact to the applicant. They further pointed out that a denial would meet the City of Norfolk Historic District Design Guidelines for demolition of buildings. The current property owner found out there was more involved in the project than he expected and his partner backed out and it's understandable that since his circumstances have changed he is looking for a way out of renovating the building. The city ordinance provides a remedy for his situation. He can put the building up for sale for fair market value and if he doesn't sell in a year then he can get his demolition permit. There are many developers, builders, and companies out there with experience in renovating historic buildings, including historic tax credits. There is a high likelihood that the building will be purchased and renovated, which will be the best thing for the historic district and the city, and it appears the best thing for the current property owner. The folks that you have appointed to the ARB have experience with tax credits, with renovation projects, with historic buildings. They have done projects themselves. They reviewed the information, and they made a clearly justified decision. Please support their reasoned and informed decision and stand behind the city ordinance. The Norfolk Preservation Alliance requests that you do not approve a certificate of appropriateness to demolish the building. The property owner has options. This building is a contributing structure to the listing of the North Kent Historic District in the National Register of Historic Places. That address is listed in the National Register. So please do not support this demolition. Thank you. 
Thank you. Uh, Larry Miklas. Good evening. Good evening. Mr. Mayor, members of City Council. My name is Larry Remaklus. If anybody needs to write that down, it's spelled R-E-M-A-K-L-U-S. I'm a 26-year resident of Ghent, living at 908 Colonial Avenue, Norfolk, 23507. You've already heard most of the reasons for not demolishing this building, and I urge you not to demolish it. It's a historic building, but in addition, most important, we have a gentleman that wants to demolish a building. We've already heard that we have at least two offers on the table right now. I submit that that doesn't make a lot of sense. Why would we demolish a building, a historic building, when there's other options, as you've heard from other folks here? That's about all I have to say. I think everyone else has, has said it. But the main thing is, is that we need to maintain our contributing property in Ghent. It's important not only to Ghent, but it's important to the whole city. We're known for our historic neighborhood. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Mark Perriot. Perot. 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 Good evening, Mr. Mayor, members of council. My name is Mark Perot. I reside at 950 Hanover Avenue, and I speak uh, in favor of the uh, Architecture Review Board's decision and ask you to uphold it. Um, I think it's fair to say that we're all, we've all seen the benefits of preservation over the last 20 years in Norfolk. Preservation of our historic buildings and districts is not, not only important because we love our history and we love the beauty of historic buildings, but it has proven to be a very powerful economic engine for the renaissance of Norfolk. It has attracted new residents, new businesses, visitors, and it has, we have seen the whole downtown area burgeon with development, new development and historic development, the new development largely generated by the success of the historic core and, and the walkable and interesting and livable area that we've created. And Ghent, it's the same thing. Um, the ordinance, so that's why we have this strong preservation ordinance and um, we have a process and the uh, Architecture Review Board is the are the experts who sit down and look at the case for proving economic infeasibility of preservation. We want to preserve every building, but we recognize that some buildings, due to their unique histories, their unique, unique situation, it's not economically feasible to renovate that building, so we have that out. But the burden of proof is on the applicant, in this case, Mr. Weiss. Mr. Weiss, and uh, he seems like a, a very likable person, but we have to avoid our sympathy for his personal situation interfering with the objective case before you. And the ARB, I think, has made an unassailable interpretation that Mr. Weiss did not prove the, dem the restoration of this building was economically infeasible. Uh, in particular, I'd, I'd repeat what Ms. Alan Grimes said regarding historic tax credits, federal and state. The state tax credit uh, allows a 25% tax credit against allowable expenses on renovating the building. The federal is an additional 20%. So right there, 45% of the costs of renovation, including work on the foundation, are potentially uh, a credit against taxes on this project. And Mr. Weiss can use those himself through his company, 
where he can broker them and sell them to other individuals. That is a powerful part of the economic case that apparently has not been brought forward at the ARB. And without an, that analysis, we could not possibly determine that preservation was economically infeasible. So I ask you to sustain the Architecture Review Board's decision here. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, the last person that signed up is uh, Emily Berkness. Good evening, Mayor Alexander, City Council representatives and staff. Emily Berkness, 212 Colonial Avenue in Norfolk, 23507. I come before you today as president of the Ghent Neighborhood League and speak on behalf of the Board of Directors and its membership. Part of the mission for the Civic League is the preservation of our historic neighborhood. 616 Graydon Avenue is a beautiful, historic apartment building on a tree-lined street. It, it is a contributing structure to, that, to the aesthetic of that street as well as to Greater Ghent. We support the Architectural Review Board's stance and oppose demolition of this building. For years, the Ghent Neighborhood League has tracked the demise of several structures in our neighborhood, hoping to stave off further neglect and possible demolition. 616 Graydon is one of these buildings. For years, neighbors have called Norfolk Cares, which is the standard operating procedure per the city's instruction, and reported disrepair and obvious neglect of the building, yet the structure continues to deteriorate. It is disappointing to me and to many others that our diligent efforts to care for our neighborhood went unanswered by the city for so long. We hope to work together with you to address this problem. We encourage council to uphold the vote of its own council-appointed commission, the Architectural Review Board, and deny the appeal for demolition of 616 Graydon Avenue. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Weiss, you have three minutes. Worst thing about a lot of it that I've heard, I agree with them. <laughs> I just, but they don't own the building and they're not looking at the structural damage. They haven't seen it. They haven't been inside. I mean, the one lady that spoke, I agreed with half of what she said when she said that I have a year to put it on the market. Well, it's been on the market now for over two years, almost three years. And every contract I have has fallen through. I mean, I fully expect everybody here to deny it. If I was sitting in your place, I would deny it but I can't sell the building. And the man that said he'd make an offer, I will get his card as soon as we leave here. I'll be standing right outside right outside the door. Please give me your card because if you're serious about it, the contract I have on it, they've asked for a three-month extension, I will not sign the three-month extension. I will take his offer on it. I have read the law. It says fair market value. I'm willing to sell the building at a lot less than the fair market value. Fair market value, I assume, would be the assessment on it, the city assessment. I'm willing, I'm willing to drop down to 60% of the city assessment and let him have the building. As long as he doesn't put a 90-day due diligence and I run into the same thing I've run in from every buyer that has tried to purchase the building. I have done everything I can to try to sell this building. The lady says that my partner 
fell out and I didn't have the money, she's absolutely wrong. I don't know where she got her information from. My partner had no money to begin with. I gave him 7% of the business because it was my nephew. He was younger than I was, and he was the one that was going to run it during my retirement. That's why I chose not to remodel the building at that point, because there was a falling out there. So I, I don't want to run it in my old age. So, and the sign, there was a sign out there so big for sale that they made us take it down because it was against the city ordinance. So I don't know how, I don't know how he missed it. I mean, Harvey Lindsay is carrying the property and they put one out there so big on four by fours that like I say, they made them take it down. So, but there's not one out there now because it's under contract and they didn't want to screen a bunch of calls while it's under contract. But I am going to, if he doesn't make me the offer, or give me his card. I will accept this. I will accept this next three months that the guy who has a offer on it now, and I hope he buys it. But if he was really that interested in it, why does he keep asking for more extension after extension? That I don't understand. So, but I will continue to try to sell the building. And I did like what the lady said about the 12 months because I, honest to God, I hope the building sells and I hope somebody remodels it. That's Thank you all for your time. Thank you. Any questions by the council for <coughs> Mr. Wiest, Mr. Newcomb, or any of the speakers? If not, Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. I have an ordinance to grant a certificate of appropriateness authorizing the demolition of a multifamily building at 616 Graydon Avenue and located in a historic district. What would a no vote do? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask too. Thank uh, you. A no vote would prohibit, the, would not grant the demolition. It would stay at, at, with its current status. Okay. Support the ARP. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Um, I, I just want to say I appreciate everybody coming down. And uh, the, the only issue that I have with this is that it was the applicant or the current owner's responsibility to provide proof that the building was uh, in in disarray to the extent where it could not, where the foundation was no good and, and all those kinds of things. And unfortunately, you provided a document to the opposite of that. Um, I mean, I cannot imagine that a previous buyer would not have passed on um, uh, an engineering certificate, even if you had to pay them for it, that would have proved your case. So um, you, the due diligence uh, that you were required to bring to us to show us that this building was, um, you know, at the end of its life cycle and needed to be demolished, wasn't um, it wasn't provided. And so for that reason, um, I am voting no, but I would advise you if you have a buyer that is working with you and looking to purchase the building, work with the buyer that's looking to purchase the building because there's some reason why they're still hanging on and haven't clipped the ties. So best of luck to you. Ms. Johnson? No. Ms. McClellan? As an owner of a house that was built in 1905, I feel your pain. I'm looking forward to somebody purchasing your building and restoring it. I vote no. Mr. Riddick? I, uh, I also am going to vote no. Uh, quite often when I travel to the bank, I'll go Princess Anne Road to Manteo, Manteo. And when I go to uh, Westover and I, and I sit at Westover and Manteo, 
And I look at the structures over in Kent, and uh, I think about how they were built, you know, back during that time with no architectural review board, I don't believe. We just had good <laughs> architects that came in and built, you know, wonderful buildings. Uh, my home was built in 1918. My grandfather built it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I humbly say that it was a, a, a magnificent structure. And um, if, I, if my memory serves me correctly, back in the 80s, the Norfolk City Council, uh, Martin, was going to tear down the building where your office is now, you know. And uh, it's just unbelievable how... Uh, we did have a, a period of time when the Norfolk City Council tore down everything. There was an architectural period called the Federalist period, which was a very handsome time. And uh, the Norfolk City Council allowed people to, you know, demolish <coughs> a lot of our history. I know you didn't ask for all of that, but uh, my vote is no. <laughs> Mr. Smeagol? All right, um, Alice and Mark, you, you got three in a row now that we've, we've, we've protected, so you're winning these. No. Mr. Thomas? No. Dr. Webley? No. Mr. Alexander? No. Good. Motion fails. Okay. Motion is motion fail. PH3. Public hearing three scheduled for this day to hear comments on vacating and relocating that section of the Elizabeth River Trail located between Claremont Avenue and Orpac Street to a new location in the right of way of Raleigh Avenue and authorize the conveyance of the vacated section of the Elizabeth River Trail to Marine Hydraulics International, Inc. Um, Mr. Victor Brennan is here to answer any questions. I don't think the council had. No questions? Mr. Clerk, call the roll. I have an ordinance vacating and relocating that section of the Elizabeth River Trail located between Claremont Avenue and Orpac Street to a new location in the right-of-way of Raleigh Avenue and authorize the conveyance of the vacated section of the trail to Marine Hydraulics International, Inc., contingent upon the satisfaction of certain conditions. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt Ms. Graves. Aye. Ms. Johnson. Aye. Ms. McClellan. Aye. Mr. Riddick. Aye. Mr. Smeagol. Aye. Mr. Thomas. Aye. Dr. Wibley. Uh, we've worked long and hard on this, and this has taken a lot of support. I don't know if the Pauls are here, but both Pauls have been a great help for us, and Victor has been a real trooper as far as uh, representing the neighborhood and MHI. I hope all of you have a chance to see this new plan. Uh, we've really, and, and Mr. Perot's coming in here. He also was very active in the design for this, so going to be, I hope, a huge enhancement for the Elizabeth River Trail, and, and I appreciate all the work that everybody did. Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. PH4. Public hearing four scheduled for this day to hear comments on the issuance of up to $3 million in general obligation bonds to finance certain costs of acquiring, constructing, and equipping capital improvements for brownfield remediation projects. No one signed to speak. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. An ordinance authorizing the issuance and sale of general obligation bonds by the City of Norfolk, Virginia, dispensed with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt Ms. Graves. Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagol? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. PH5? Public hearing five scheduled for this day to hear comments on the issuance of up to $12 million in wastewater system revenue bonds to finance with respect to the city's wastewater system certain costs of acquiring, constructing, and equipping capital improvements. 
No one, no one signed up to speak. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. I have an ordinance authorizing the issuance and sale of wastewater system revenue bonds by the City of Norfolk, Virginia. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. PH6? Public hearing six scheduled for this day to hear comments on approving a lease agreement between the City and Bond Secours to Paul Medical Center for the lease of a portion of certain property owned by the City at 7300 Newport Avenue. No one wishes to speak. Mr. Clark, please call the roll. An ordinance approving a lease agreement between the City and Bond Secours to Paul Medical Center for the lease of a portion of certain property owned by the City at 7300 Newport Avenue and authorizing the City Manager to execute the lease agreement on behalf of the City. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. PH7. Public hearing seven scheduled for this day to hear comments on approving a land disposition and development contract between the City of Seller and Breeding Investment Properties, Inc. as purchaser located at 600 East Ocean View Avenue and 719 East Ocean View Avenue. Ken Paulson is here to speak. Welcome. Good evening, Mr. Mayor, Good evening. City Council members. My name is Ken Paulson. I live at 2071 East Ocean View, 23503. I speak as the president of the Cottage Line Civic League and its members. We fully support this uh, agenda item, the sale of the land with the Breeden uh, Investments property. I've communicated with the presidents of uh, East Ocean View, Bayview, Greater Pinewell, and Ocean View, and they support this uh, contract also. We have supported the Pinewell Station project from its beginning and look forward to the design phase, which will mean the project will bring us 145 new members, families, to Cottage Line, Ocean View, and the city of Norfolk. Thank you. Thank you. Any questions? Thank you. Mr. Clerk, call the roll. An ordinance approving a land disposition and development contract between the City of Seller and Breeding Investment Properties, Inc. is purchaser for real property consisting of 6.38 acres, more or less, and located at 600 East Ocean View Avenue and 700, 719 East Ocean View Avenue. Mr. City Clark, will you suspend for a minute? Um, Mr. Thompson had a question. Just want to confirm that the City Attorney is going to include the y Yes, suggested. what you're voting on includes the amendments that you discussed earlier. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Thomas. Right, thank you. Ms. Clerk, please proceed. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Mr. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Uh, thanks for coming down, Ken, and representing the Civic Leagues. Um, we're really excited about getting this project um, finally moving forward again, and hopefully it will be um, developed and breaking ground sometime by the end of this year. So, aye. Mr. Thomas? I, I want to thank the developer for coming into the city and, and taking on this project. And, and, and from talking to the developer, they're well aware that uh, it's a work in progress, that they're going to go through the Architecture Review Board and the Planning Commission, uh, where the, the architecture and the, the site plan may change significantly. But they're undertaking that uh, with eyes wide open, and we thank them uh, for, for, for doing so. So I vote aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Uh, Mr. Clerk, C1, C2, C3 will be taken up in a block unless otherwise noted by a council member. Approve the consent agenda, Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Um, last week, 
could I step back? Uh, last week we passed over C1. What was that for? You remember? I read the, uh, there are no single sales in this particular. That was at the request of the applicant. The applicant, okay. Yes, sir. Okay, okay. I vote aye. I think it looks pretty good. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Mr. Clerk, we have R1. Yes, sir. Uh, this item is the bid received for Crown Center Associates LLC for long-term garage parking with a term of 20 years for 145 parking spaces in the Commercial Place Garage at 520 East Main Street. Is there a recommendation from the city staff regarding the bid received from Crown Center Associates LLC? Uh, yes, Mayor. City staff recommends that the bid by Crown Center Associates LLC be accepted and long-term garage parking agreement awarded to Crown Center Associates LLC. Uh, is there any discussion? If there's no discussion, I will ask the clerk to please read the proposed ordinance. An ordinance accepting the bid submitted by Crown Center Associates LLC for a long-term garage parking agreement with a term of 20 years for the lease of 145 parking spaces in the Commercial Place Garage located at 520 East Main Street in the City of Norfolk. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Rick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R2? An ordinance granting Bob Colley LLC, Barbara Colley LLC, Arthur Colley LLC, and Ed Holding LLC permission to encroach into the right-of-way at 1501 Colley Avenue, approximately 215 square feet, for the purpose of outdoor dining and approving the terms and conditions of the encroachment agreement. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R3. An ordinance approving a license agreement with Tidewater Textile Recycling LLC for the operation and maintenance of donation bins to benefit the Special Olympics of Virginia. Dispense with the road. charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R4. An ordinance approving a right of entry permitting Azalea Little League Incorporated and Fleet Park Little League Inc. to go upon and use certain city-owned property located at 1130 Pine Ridge Road for recreational purposes. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Can I, can I ask a question? Mr. Riddick? Yeah. Um, no, Fleet Park <clears throat> had to move from uh, Hampton Boulevard. And when they started uh, using the co-use of, of, of Pine Ridge Road, um, I think it was um, some understanding that that they <clears throat> that Azalea would always maintain uh, control of it, and I'm just wondering. Uh, and I I guess some of you might have received something from uh, Azalea League as well uh, about you know who controls this and <clears throat> and Mr. Attorney, how would it be when if uh, uh, how they how they co-use they they've coexisted for the last couple of years. And does anybody ever have preference or, or what? I'm afraid I, I don't know. I'm okay. looking at the agreement now, yeah. and it doesn't address their relationship. It right. just gives them a yeah, co-right. Mr. Creighton. Yeah. Good evening, Mr. Mayor, council members. The actual lease agreement for the Azalea site was with the Azalea Little League. Mm -hmm. 
when Fleet was transitioned over to Azalea, they came under their auspices under that lease. Right. Yes, sir. So, but now it's going to they're going to have they're going to both of them are going to have just as much authority, or will Fleet Park still come under Azalea? The plan is that that was a temporary move, mm -hmm. unless uh, the city could locate another space or recreational area for Fleet. But at that time, the city would always honor that agreement with Azalea Little League because they were the premier mm -hmm. and primary, actually, tenants of that space. Okay. So I guess my question again is, will Fleet Park, I mean, will Azalea still be the prominent leasee, lessee? Yes, sir. That's how we're going into the new lease agreement. But don't say that here, though. Um, we haven't a, got to that point. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. This, this is, is just a right of entry. And it does not, mm -hmm. I don't see it in the right of entry right. agreement. So okay. Mr. Riddick's correct that for this brief period, mm -hmm. um, the ordinance doesn't address their relationship. Okay. Right. Okay. So will we address the relationship? Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Ms. Johnson? Will we address that relationship, uh, Mr. Crittenden? Um, Mr. Yes, Burr. once we actually go into the lease agreement, because we have to actually structure a new one, then we'll actually structure it in that manner, as I mentioned before. And the city attorney is correct. This is just a right of entry that allows both organizations right. to utilize yeah. that city space. Okay. Um, I, Mr. Smeagol. I, I know this is probably more of a council concern, but I'm, I'm going to bring it up since it's Mr. Riddick brought this up. I think we're going on over four years now that we talked about this happening and we were supposed to be developing plans to look at expanding our recreational facilities across the city, um, including maybe a potential field house or uh, other things. And uh, I'd, I've asked multiple times to look at our park plan and updating that because it's already out of date um, and getting that information in there so that we can start addressing these problems so that we don't have to worry about Fleet Park and Azalea having that competition. Ocean View is having its issues as well since they got kicked off of there and they're, I think they've gone down to very little and they have some organizational things. But we've got to look at all of our structures across the city and look where we can expand, such as at Terrellton. There's opportunities to expand some parks, uh, uh, baseball fields and soccer fields there as well. Um, but we really, Mr. Riddick shouldn't even have to be asking this question now because I believe four years ago when we knew Fleet was leaving, we committed as a council to um, look at alternatives, and we haven't done that. I mean, the alternative was to move them here, but we have more work to do on this. And poor Parks and Recreation, you don't have to say anything, Daryl, gets beat up every year, you know, and we, we don't give them the extra money that they need to be able to run uh, Parks and Recreation the way that the citizens want us to do it. Mm -hmm. Mr. Riddick? No, I, I'm, the question has been answered to me. This is just a right of entry, and nobody, uh, uh, Isaiah is not being kicked around. Uh, that's no, that's sir. my concern. All right, Mr. Clerk. Dispense with the charter requirement yeah, of reading you. the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R5. A resolution approving and adopting an updated plan addressing hazard mitigation actions to protect people and property known as the 2017 Hampton Roads Hazard Mitigation Plan Update. Adopt the resolution, Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smigel? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R6. An ordinance to clarify ordinance number 45558 authorizing the city manager to enter into a performance agreement. 
dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smigel? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Webley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R7. An ordinance granting 500 Granby LLC permission to encroach at 500 Granby Street under the rights of way of Granby Street and Butte Street, approximately 1,080 square feet, for the purpose of outdoor dining and approving the terms and conditions of the encroachment agreement. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smigel? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Webley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R8. An ordinance to repeal one subsection of section 25-646 of the Norfolk City Code regarding the speed limit on Willowwood Drive. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Dr. Webley and I have been hearing a lot about Willowwood Drive lately, and I'm really happy to see that we're lowering the speed limit, uh, hoping that we'll start to make some changes there. Good. And um, uh, we're going to continue to monitor this as well. I vote aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smigel? You know, you can lower the speed limit, but it doesn't mean anything if it's not enforced. So, uh, you know, they're going to speed on that road just because of going between Granby and Tidewater Drive. They, you may want to look at, ask the neighborhood about speed signs and some other measures. We're already, we're, we're yeah. there. But I we're mean, there. I travel that route all the time. And well, you're one of our problems. That's yes. why we're there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm putting a tracker in well, your car, Mr. Schmidt. How many bike lanes are you putting in on there? Enough. <laughs> Enough. Okay. Yes. Right. That will take care of it right there. Thank you, Tom. Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Webley? I think it's appropriate that we're talking about speed because this was rocket speed getting this on the docket. So I really appreciate traffic um, working as hard as you did to get this going because I know Thelma told me as late as today at noon that we were going to get it on today. So I really appreciate that. And we will, just like Andrea said, we'll keep working on this. Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. That's all I am, Mr. Mayor. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. That concludes the regular agenda. Now we'll hear from speakers under new business. The first person that signed up is Tom Luckman. Welcome. Please state your name and your address. My name is Tom Luckman. I live at uh, 3192 Galahad Drive, Virginia Beach. Welcome. Uh, this evening, I represent the uh, Retired Employees Association of Norfolk. We have some members here who so stand and be recognized. Uh, I'm their spokesman. And first, let me thank uh, you for taking time from your busy schedules to allow our association to present our concerns to you. Hopefully, the brief briefing was worthwhile and the contents of this folder uh, was helpful. Uh, please understand, in recent years, there's been nobody on the city staff was tasked with providing counsel with complete retiree information. The retirement office handles pension payments and admin. The fund trustees and their actuary worry about investments in the fund status. Finance worries about budgeting and paying the annual required contribution. An executive tries to gauge your desires at budget time. Ask yourself, has staff presented you, the decision maker, with all aspects of the retiree issue? First, the money issue. It's front and center as it should be, but no one briefed past councils on what happens going forward if extended lack of funding continues as it has. You hear only that the cost of living allowance will contribute to the fund's decline. We believe this position has been overstated, as seen as the only issue, and therefore detrimental to all stakeholders. The second is the competitive issue. 
How will Norfolk compete going forward when 824 governmental entities and school systems in the Commonwealth provide an annual automatic COLA? Norfolk's the largest city of only five who does not provide an annual automatic COLA. No one in Hampton Roads, but Norfolk retirees suffers from this loss. In Norfolk alone, not the retirees of Norfolk's constitutional officers, not Norfolk Public Schools, NRHA, HRT, the Airport Authority, our universities, and community college. The question for you is why should someone choose to work or continue to work for the city of Norfolk where their pensions will annually erode when they can work elsewhere? And finally, the moral issue. For decades, employees have been told ad hoc colas was Norfolk's plan. And retirees receive these ad hoc colas on a regular basis since the 70s. All these years, career planning was based on this actual experience. Then it stopped. Recently, councils have tried to work around or simply not address the issue. There is no plan. Now this new council's left with the, a decision to make. And many scenarios exist. However, the Retiree Association strongly believes our recommendation of a 3.5% COLA in FY18 and two-thirds of the Consumer Price Index annually thereafter is the best alternative for Norfolk. Thank you, sir, for your comments. Danny Legan. My name is Danny Legan. I reside at 3844 Dare Circle. Last week I came in here and uh, asked you to rescind uh, Rule 6 of the uh, Rules of Conduct uh, based on the fact that uh, it many of the uh, provisions within it were unconstitutional and stripped the citizens of their freedom of speech. Now, I did not come here just under my opinion. Uh, number one, after this was passed, I wanted to an acting attorney, ask him to look at this. Uh, he informed me that many of the provisions, such as the council didn't want to hear it, the council was bored, it had been repeated, so-and-so, uh, was not grounds to ask anyone uh, to stop coming into uh, the council and trying to make a change. Secondly, three weeks after this Rule 6 was passed, um, in order to stop uh, the exchange of uh, the freedom of speech, uh, a well-known attorney, uh, Mayor Paul Frame, uh, leaned over at this council and said, Danny, uh, the council has given me the authority. At that point, I informed Mr. Frame that I had consulted an attorney, that he had indicated that many provisions within Rule 6 uh, was uh, unconstitutional, and he, uh, if he was going to ask me to st step away and escort me out, then it would be in violation of the Constitution. Thirdly, at that point in time, another well-known attorney, uh, Andy Potagero, who was also a councilman at this time, at the end of the meeting blared out in this very chamber his constitutional rights. When I asked Andy who he was talking to, he said he believed he was addressing all of the council, that being an attorney, uh, you cannot simply shut down uh, someone because they continue to come back, they continue to challenge you, they continue to try to get questions while you sit here. 
for not only months, but years in a wall of silence. And thirdly, and lastly, or fourthly and lastly, uh, when I took uh, Paul Frame to court for threatening me, which he uh, said he was issuing me a threat, the first thing the judge said to me is that he looked at me and he said, Mr. Ginn, let me explain something to you. You have every right to come into this chamber. You have every right to criticize council people because that is a guarantee of your First Amendment rights under the Constitution. So I will continue to come in. But this uh, rule was put in there to be vindictive. It was put in there, as we all know, uh, to shut me up and to make me go away. It hasn't worked very well. But in doing that, you stripped every citizen of their rights of freedom thank, of speech. You, and Gannon. it needs to be stopped. Thank you. Councilor Rice. Okay. All righty then.